0: welcome to the study of god's word recorded live from calvary chapel in aurora colorado to learn more about the many resources available through abounding grace media visit us online at calvaryaurora.org or download our free app on all platforms and now let's open our bibles and study god's word well tonight what a blessing it is to be here Uh, pastor ed is, um, is a way and he asked me to, to fill in and it has been a, about two years since I've had a chance to come up here and share with you and every time I'm just always blessed. Uh, I always get excited just to share from my heart what God's been doing in my life and, um, and just see what he would want to do, how he would want to bring some sort of encouragement. So tonight we find ourselves in Psalm 95. Psalm 95. So if you can turn there to Psalm 95, and I've entitled tonight's message, A Call to Worship. Worship has been a part of my life for many years. I've been a Christian now for a little over 30 years. Uh, I got saved back in 1991. So if you can do the math, that puts me in Primetime Saints Fellowship, which is awesome. And, um, and I used to be the young worship leader. I, I used, that was, which was great, but now I am mature. I'm the mature worship leader up here. Um, I get a chance to lead worship. If this is the first time you've been to our church, um, uh, welcome to Calvary Church. Um, I lead once a month up here on the stage, and I also help out with the children's ministry. So I uh, just want to give you a little background. 30 plus years. Uh, Right about a couple years after that, I I was completely involved in music, uh, had a band. And when I became a Christian, all of that changed. Like my heart, my desire, everything was now towards the Lord. And I just wanted to learn Christian music. And I tell you, um, as a person who was 21, going into 22 years in my new faith, there was no genre of music that really ministered to me. Even though I was young, I wasn't looking toward the contemporary side of music. Uh, it, it really, God really grabbed a hold of my heart, and in sincerity, I appreciated all styles of worship, except for hymns, and that's a whole nother story, uh, where it, it, God had to do a work in my life to really kind of open my heart up to the depth and richness of hymns that are just so dear to me now, um, but music was wonderful to my heart, and now that I was a Christian, I just started learning as much music as I could, and right away, people started inviting me to Bible studies, saying, hey, could you bring your guitar, and I would play a couple of songs we'd do in the, the study, and it was just great. Year after year, I was growing in the Lord. Eventually got invited to do things with the men's ministries, uh, leading worship, and on and on and on. I've had opportunity to do worship uh, many different places from uh, the sanctuary to um, outreaches in New York, um, in uh, Battery Park, uh, on the steps. There are some of the apartment complexes, um, convalescent homes, um, home Bible studies, uh, you name it. I was that guy when they said, would you lead worship? And I would say, absolutely, I'll do it. It was just something that I love to do. I love to worship the Lord. Um, And I hope that we can find some encouragement through this psalm, Psalm 95, that God would teach us the importance of worship, uh, that we can incorporate into our lives, because no doubt, we're living in some crazy times, Right. I mean, there's so many things that are going on. Just coming out of COVID, uh, I work at Costco. And working at Costco, there, besides being on the roads, when you see the intensity of, of some of the drivers and people that are out there, where, there's just a lot of stress and there's a lot of tension coming out of COVID and having to deal with that. It's just taking people and stretched them to their very limit. And at Costco, I see it a lot on a very practical way. Um, and. It is something that uh, we really need to seek the Lord with and really pursue and ask the Lord to help us. Help us to focus on you. Help us to get our attention on you so that we can handle the problems and and deal with the issues properly. Um, And I believe Psalm 95 really helps us to just grab a hold of our attention and our focus and to focus on him. Uh, Worshiping God really helps me. I don't know about you, but singing songs to the Lord just blesses my heart. I mean, it helps me when I'm discouraged. It helps me to connect with him when I feel like my heart is just running on empty spiritually. And I just, I just need a song just to get me there. Uh, and, and God throughout the years has always been faithful to bring back songs, whether they're contemporary songs or going way back. And, and pulling those songs to get me to where I need to be, to remember where I last left off. Um, so I want to encourage you to find and create a library of music that can become the soundtrack of your life on a daily basis. Because there are times where I'll be at work, and again, the pressures and the members coming in, and they're kind of dealing with issues of life, and, and I become that point of contact where they just kind of unload. Well, I need some sort of opportunity to turn that over to the Lord. And absolutely, wherever I'm at, whether I'm on a register, wherever I'm at self-checkout, or I'm driving on a forklift, I find a, a, a moment to not only pray um, just in my mind as I'm fulfilling my responsibility, but then the Lord gives me a song and puts it inside my head and in my mind. And that becomes the theme for the day to carry on, to move on. And it's not only timely, but it's just they're just good songs, you know, and we've got great songs. I mean, think about the songs that we sang tonight. I mean, that was good stuff. And, and uh, Pastor Ian and the team are going to close with a song that I really feel, um, and even the songs that he chose tonight, really connect with Psalm 95 on really pouring our heart out to the Lord and, and, and really just kind of giving him the, the worship and praise that's due because of who he is. And so tonight, I hope that we can kind of focus on that. I hope to share with you a few things that I've learned. Um, God's been doing a really neat work in my life personally in the area of worship to just kind of refocus because of things going on around. Um, so if you tonight are you're finding yourself that you're kind of emotionally stressed or you find yourself having a hard time in connecting with the Lord, well, tonight's message is going to be for you. If you're having a hard time understanding what is worship, what does worship look like? Well, this message is for you. If you feel like you're in a great place and you are just worshiping the Lord and you are, you are golden and you're connecting with him, well, guess what? This message is for you as well, because God wants to take you to another level, add another layer to, to help you connect with him, that we would worship him, that we would... Um, Glorify our King. So, Psalm 95. Psalm 95. We're going to read this together, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to break it up so that we can hopefully follow along um, a little path uh, that uh, just kind of come together and just as a group uh, and and stay on that path so that we kind of know where we're at. Um, So let's just read it through. It's only 11 verses. And then we'll, we'll jump right into it, okay? Um, so Psalm 95. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. For the Lord is the great God and the great King above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The heights of the hills are his also. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God. And we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, as in the day of trial in the wilderness, when your fathers tested me. They tried me, though they saw my work. For 40 years I was grieved with that generation and said, it is a people who go astray in their hearts and they do not know my ways. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest." pretty heavy at the very end there. And we're going to get to that and we'll kind of deal with that. Um, The devil wants to rob you and me of the joy of worshiping God. And he's going to bring all kinds of attacks, anything that he can do to disrupt our relationship with him in worshiping God. God. That's what the devil did when he went to Jesus, when Jesus was in the wilderness being tempted, and he approached him, and he challenged him with worshiping him. But as we know the story, Jesus said, "Um, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to worship you, devil. And because Jesus had that victory, the devil now is out seeking who he can discourage who he can turn, who he can grab a hold of uh, attention to take their focus off of God. And guess what? We're the prime targets, guys. Unfortunately, many have fallen victim to that. The tactics of the devil, the temptations of the devil. They've abandoned what they know to be true. Romans chapter 1, verse 21 through 23, it tells us this, that although they knew God, They did not glorify him as God. Nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Therefore, God also gave them up. My prayer tonight is that that would not be the testimony of you and me. That we wouldn't find ourselves with the the temptations of, of the enemy and the pressures of the world where we find ourselves abandoning everything that we know to be true and we exchange that worship for God to something else. Psalm 95, it's a psalm that calls our attention to the importance of worshiping God, worshiping him in song with our voices, with shouts of joy and thanksgiving, expressing from our hearts the gratitude for who he is, what he's done, and what he plans to do for us. It's a psalm filled with feeling and emotion. It is a psalm describing the greatness of our God, the power he possesses, the security we find in him. And as we just finished reading the psalm, it is a psalm that closes with a warning, an exhortation to not harden our hearts to such a great call, or else we find ourselves drifting and experiencing the consequences of our sinful actions. It is a psalm that seems to be joined with psalms 96, 97, 98, 99, and 100. If you get an opportunity after we leave, Get a chance and dive into those other uh, psalms. And they just these are just psalms of declaration of just praising God and just, you know, lifting up his name and, and declaring how great and awesome he is. And it definitely, these are psalms that get you pretty pumped up because, again, you're focusing on God who is for us and not against us. He's our God. He's the God that loves us. And, and we win because of him. And that gets us pretty fired up. That gets us excited. And we be, begin to see the emotion and the feeling of the, the psalm writer in those psalms. So when you get a chance, definitely take a look into that. Now, before I go any further, I do want to say, because I am a worship leader and, uh, and I've been doing this for a long time, I love to sing. So I'm going to try something a little bit different. You know, Pastor Ed likes to kind of change things up every once in a while. So I'm going to take that as well. And the way I'm going to change things up is when I get to a a certain section of Scripture where I really need to emphasize, I'm going to sing tonight. And I want to have you guys join in and singing with me as well. You guys are the choir tonight. Amen? All right. And so what we're going to do is we're going to raise the bar for Pastor Ed when he comes back. He's going to have to sing when he teaches as well. Right? All right. So... We're going to raise that bar. So let's take a closer look at uh, these 11 verses so that we in hopes we gain something from the Holy Spirit as he would teach us tonight. Um, But right before we dive in, let's think about what is worship. Let's just talk about that for a second. What is worship? Um, There are several definitions that we see in the Old Testament as well as in the New Testament that they use to describe worship and and pretty basic that for us to understand. Simplified is uh, to bow the knee, to bow down, to lay prostrate, and to kiss towards, to serve. These are some of the definitions of, of explaining what worship is. To bow the knee, to bow down, to lay prostrate, and to kiss towards or to serve. It's an act of reverence complete surrender and in willful obedience. This kind of worship toward God is a responsive type of worship though. And, And what I mean by that is in ourselves, because we are sinful, the Bible tells us in Romans chapter three that none of us seek after God. None of us seek after God. It took God to go after us and reveal himself that caused us to respond to that revelation of who he is. God was pursuing me as a young man for many years, and I wasn't wanting to listen to what the Spirit had to say. I would just continue on in my sin. I would continue on in the things that, I was, uh, that made me happy, that, that brought pleasure to my life. And I just went after that stuff. But God kept pursuing me and pursuing me and then revealing different areas of my life that he was there and he was always there and that he loves me. And little by little, I began to respond to that revelation, respond to the, the drawing of the spirit. There is a, a really neat song by Matt Redman I'd, I'd like to share with you. And it's called Seeing You. And it's from a, a CD um, If you know what CDs are, because we're so far past CDs now, um, and it's called um, Face Down. That's the CD. The song is called Seeing You. And in it, this is what he says. And he sings, our hearts respond to your revelation. All you are showing, all we have seen commands a life of praise. No one can sing of things they have not seen. God, open our eyes towards a greater glimpse. The glory of you, the glory of you. God, open our eyes towards a greater glimpse. Because worship starts with seeing you. Worship starts with seeing you. Our hearts respond to your revelation. And it's just a wonderful truth on how he uses that song to describe our relationship with God. That we can only see him as he reveals himself. And I remember hearing that song and, like, I've never seen God before. I've never seen, what what does this song mean? And I just kept thinking about it over and over again. And it's about opening our eyes to see God's glory working in our lives and all around us. And when we see that, that becomes a marker for our hearts to continue on. And it just adds another layer of our relationship with him. And we just keep going deeper and we keep going deeper. Worship starts with seeing you. And that's... A prayer that I'm continually asking, Lord, open my eyes. I want to see in the Spirit. I want to see what you're doing in my life. I want to respond to that work. We need to see God, church. We need to see clearly God's hand working in our lives. Or else we will find ourselves wandering, defeated, hopeless, and growing bitter towards God. I've heard countless stories of people that have found themselves in that place because of the things that they're experiencing have just beat down so much and rather than turn to the Lord or even in the midst offering up what the Bible calls a sacrifice of praise that even when our hearts don't feel good, we should just worship God and give Him the glory. What we don't realize is as we take that step of faith, all of a sudden the waters open up and our hearts are filled with His Spirit and we're lifted up and it's amazing, but God's giving us the choice. God's giving you the choice, giving me the choice. You and I were created to worship, period. We were created to worship. Revelation 4.11, it says this, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they exist and were created Paul writing to the Colossians he reiterated this same truth in chapter 1 verse 16 and it says all things were created by him and for him Isaiah 43:21 Isaiah 43:21 says the people whom I formed for myself that they might de- declare my praise. And lastly in John 4:23 4, 4:23 John 4:23 but the hour is coming Jesus says and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth for the Father is seeking such to worship him. God has called us to be worshipers of him. He has made us that we would have that kind of relationship. So Let's take a look now at Psalm 95. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to break it up into three sections. Number one, the invitation to worship. The invitation to worship. And those are, that, that, that's gonna be, that theme is going to be in verses 1 and 2 and in verse 6. The invitation to worship. The sec- second thing that I'd like to share uh, would be the reason we worship. First is the invitation to worship we're going to see here in Psalm 95. The next is the reason we worship, and that's in verses 1 through 7. And then the third is obedience in worship, obedience in worship in verses 7 through 11. So let's focus on the first, and that is the invitation to worship. I'd like to draw your attention with that theme in mind, the invitation to worship, so two things that I see here in verses 1 and 2 and in verse 6. And so let's read that. O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him. O come, let us worship and bow down and let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. And so the first point I'd like to share is the emotional aspect of this psalm. The emotional aspect of this psalm where he says, oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. And there's that exclamation if you look inside your Bible. And so that exclamation is a pretty aggressive, you know, comment. Again, these are psalms. These are are, are like songs for us to sing. Let us shout joyfully. When was the last time that you shouted joyfully for the Lord? I mean, if you think about it, it is a pretty... I don't know about you, it's a pretty weird thing, you know, to just shout to the Lord. I tried it the other day as I've been preparing, as I'm just kind of driving in the car and I'm heading to work and I just thought, you know what, I'm going to shout to the Lord and let's see what happens. Hopefully I don't crash, number one, and hopefully number two, somebody doesn't call the cops on me driving thinking that I'm all loaded or something because I'm shouting in the car. And so I did. I just shouted out to the Lord, bless you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You are holy. You are awesome. You are wonderful. Praise you, God. And I thought, okay, that wasn't that bad. I think I'll try it again. You know, there was a time when I first was a Christian, and I had a hard time raising my hands to the Lord. And I love music, and I love singing songs to the Lord, but it was hard for me to raise my hands. Do you know why? Pride. Pride. Because raising your hands is a sign of surrender. And it was hard for me, even though I committed my heart to the Lord, even though I asked Jesus into my heart, even though I know my sins were forgiven, even though I know I had the hope of heaven, I had a hard time walking with the Lord. I had a hard time giving up the wheel. And I remember I had a pastor, and if you can pray for him, his name is Miles McPherson. His wife is not doing very well with COVID. Um, out of San Diego, pastor out of San Diego. He came and he shared at a, a Calvary Chapel Downey and I just remember him teaching one night on a Wednesday night and he would raise his hands and he would just completely surrender and just throw his hands up in the air and was encouraging us to do the same. So I took a step of faith and guess what happened? I was able to raise my hands and after that, it was no big deal to raise my hands to the Lord. I wasn't afraid, I wasn't embarrassed because I know what God has done for me. I know that he's saved me, I know that he's rescued me. I know the life that I was a part of that he's delivered me from. I just recently saw a picture got posted on Facebook from high school and I'm looking at that guy and I'm like, who is that guy? I don't know him anymore. Pastor Ed? It's not the Pastor Ed that used to be in the past, guys. God has done a work. He has softened hearts. He has changed lives and praise God for that. He's changed your life. That's why you're here. You're not here because you just love to go to church on a Wednesday just for no reason. God's changed your life and has brought you here because you desire to know more of him and get in his word and worship him, amen? And I've been doing this for over 30 years and it doesn't get old. And I hope it doesn't get old. There's an emotional aspect when we worship him. Um, A commentator, Boyce, wrote, singing expresses human thought emotionally, and Christianity is a feeling religion. More particularly, singing expresses joy, and the Bible's religion at its heart is joyful. It is joyful. So I challenge you, shout to the Lord when you get an opportunity When you're all alone, shout to the Lord, try it out. It's not bad. I'm going to give you an opportunity. God's going to give you an opportunity to do that tonight when we play the last song. I heard uh, Pastor Ian's set list for tonight and the last song he's going to play. Man, that is one song that you want to shout for joy for all that God has done. And I really hope you guys get into it. Because what you're getting into is not the team and the music. What you're getting into is the leading of the spirit and worshiping God. I love the fact that I get emotional when I sing songs to the Lord. I didn't get emotional when I first got saved. When I first got saved, it was just made sense. I don't want to go to hell. I need Jesus. Boom. I'll do that. I mean, that's pretty simple, right? But now to do the walk now to let go of the pride, now to, and as I started to um, incorporate music into my life, man, God used that as a vehicle to break me down, to break my heart. There was a song that used to make me cry all the time, man, I mean, it was, and I, and it was just great. Um, Gosh, I got to think about it now, it's been so long, Calvary Chapel Downey, um, and he goes we worship you we worship you we worship you in spirit and in truth we honor you we honor you and such as we you seek to worship you we love you lord sincerely lord We lift our hands in reverence to your name. Devoted Lord, we're devoted Lord. And such as we seek to worship you. That was just one of those hand-raising songs, man. I had no problem doing any more. And man, I would just be in tears, and I was a young man at the time. I'll get to another tearjerker later. So, above all things, we must in our service, Spurgeon wrote, above all things, we must in our service of song, take care that all we offer is with the heart's sincerest and most fervent intent directed towards the Lord himself. Such a good quote. Above all things, we must in our service of song take care that all we offer is with the heart sincerest and most fervent intent directed towards the Lord himself. I love that. The second thing under the title of the invitation to worship, I also see that worship is a choice. Worship is a choice. Where you see over and over again um, in verse one, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout. Let us come. Let us shout joyfully to Him. And later on down in verse 6, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel. It is a choice that you have to make that I have to make to worship God. It comes down to the condition of our heart. Uh, I know that there are many times where I have come to church and I just didn't feel like worshiping at all. I mean, I'd come in and I'd hear the music and it sounds like music. That's how it was to me. Because I was so beat up, because I was so empty, because I was so just down, beaten up by the world maybe giving into some temptations, allowing sin in my life, and I'd be at church and I just, I'm just not connecting. The psalmist says, let these things happen. It has to be a choice from our hearts. We have to let worship happen. And that's why I had mentioned earlier that scripture that says to offer up a sacrifice of, Praise that it has to be a conscious choice, and I want to encourage you because I know that God is saying the same thing. Worship Him anyway, go to Him, declare who He is, and let that lift your heart. So many times that that has happened in my life, I don't even have a word to speak, I don't even know what to say to God, I don't even know how to pray. But then there's a song to help me, whether the team is singing it or I have it in my mind. And you hear a song now. A lot of these songs I'm sharing with you, these are old school songs, just so you know. These are songs that are back in the day. So I'm going to use those. And this particular song says, he is our peace who has broken down every wall. He is our peace, He is our peace. Cast all your care on Him, for He cares for you. He is our peace, He is our peace. And I hear that, and it's going through my mind, and and that becomes now that, that prayer and I use the words of that song and it becomes a prayer to the Lord to cast on my care. Lord, forgive me. And God breaks my heart at that moment. And I'm able to now let him work in my life. And maybe there's some of you here tonight that are struggling with that, with letting God work in your life. The key is you have to make that choice. You have to let him do it. He's not going to force himself on you. Boy, but he's going to go after you and he's going to impress his love on you like crazy until you respond because he loves you that much. Even when our hearts run dry, we can still choose to worship him. Not only do we see the invitation here in Psalm 95. To worship, But we also see the second um, major uh, theme that I want to share are in verses 1 through 7, the reason we worship, the reason we worship. And I'd like to share, uh, hopefully, a, a couple of things here in these verses. I'd like to point out that we worship him because of who he is, because of who he is. Notice in these verses... Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him. Verse 3 For the Lord is the great God and great King above all gods. And if you continue on, you can see he is not only that, but he is our Maker, he is our God. We worship him for who he is. He is all of these things. And there were many idols and false gods during that time that boasted great things. Spurgeon wrote, No doubt the surrounding nations imagined Jehovah to be a merely local deity, the God of a small nation, and therefore one of the inferior deities but the psalmist here utterly uh, repudiates such an idea because he is not just one of and part of a small group. It says here that he is the Lord. He is the great God. He is the great king. He is the rock of our salvation. How do you view God tonight? How do you view God tonight? Is he big enough for your problems, for your enemies? I think about that song, How Great Is Our God by Chris Tomlin. And it's a song that has been going on for quite some time, but when you think about it, it's all focused on who he is, the splendor of a king, clothed in majesty, let all the earth rejoice. He wraps himself in light, and darkness tries to hide and trembles at a, his voice. How great is our God. How great is our God. And when we sing that, it just, man, doesn't that make you feel awesome that this is the God that is for us. This is the God that has won the battle for us. He goes before us. He is with us wherever we find ourselves. We worship him because of who he is. The next thing we want to see here is the reason we worship is that of what he has done. He is the creator of all things. He's the creator of all things and we see that here, here in Psalm 95 where it says in verse 4, in his hand are the deep places of the earth. The heights of the hills are his also. The sea is his for he made it and his hands formed the dry land. That there is any, any place that we can be. I'm from Southern California. I've been here for 12 years now for almost half of my Christian walk. And this is a beautiful place. This is a place where you can see God's majesty in the creation when you see the mountains, when you see the formation of the clouds. So many times I find myself driving, having to pay attention to the road a little bit harder because of the things that God has created For my eyes to see and to look at and to just find myself in awe. They literally look like paintings. His creation. This God who created the heavens and the earth also formed you and I. Also formed you and I. Psalm 39. Let's turn there really quick if you can. Turn with me to Psalm 39. Psalm 39. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You have hedged me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Where can I go from your spirit or where can I flee from your presence? Drop down to verse 13. For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they all were written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O God! How great is the sum of them! And if I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand." What a wonderful psalm that talks about how God knows everything about us and who formed us, just like he formed the, the heavens and the earth and everything that we see around us that just declare the greatness of our God. He also formed you and me, and he knows everything about us. That's a reason to worship him. The third thing that we, we worship him is um, what he is currently doing in our lives, We worship him for what he's currently doing in our lives. And here it shows in verse seven, for he is our God and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. He provides all we need, everything that we have. That's part of my prayer when I pray with my boys um, at night or when we get an opportunity to pray is the fact that everything that we have, our home, our bed, um, the food, everything is supplied by God. Yeah, I go to work. Yes, I work an eight-hour shift. And this is the conversation I have with them. But when was the last time I told my, my lungs to breathe? When was the last time you told your lungs to breathe? When was the last time you told your heart to beat? God is the one who gives everything that we need, provides everything, And he gives us the very breath. He's the one that helps our hearts to pump the blood, to keep us alive, to enjoy this life. He protects us. He watches over us. And the psalmist says that that we are like sheep and he is our shepherd. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I'm the good shepherd. Not too far from there, if we can turn back really quickly to Psalm 23, let's just read that because I know it's a psalm that you might all know. Um, but it's still good to just look at God's word. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters and restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies and you anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. And what an ending here for Psalm 23. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. And we worship him for what he's currently doing in our lives. What he's doing in your life and in my life. Well, as we wind down, there's just a couple more things I'd like to share. And the third thing is the obedience in worship that we see in this section of Scripture. So if you will turn with me back to Psalm 95, Psalm 95. And what we're going to see here is um, verse 7 all the way through 11 is obedience in worship. Obedience in worship. And it says, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion as in the day of trial in the wilderness, when your fathers tested me, they tried me, though they saw my work for 40 years. I was grieved with that generation and said, It is a people who go astray in their hearts, and they do not know my ways. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. The importance of hearing the voice of God is the first thing I'd like to share. And there's two things I'd like to share as we close. The importance of hearing, the voice of God, that as we worship him, we need to hear God when he speaks to us. Do you hear the Lord when he speaks to you? Are you hearing his voice? Because the Lord is speaking to you tonight. Tonight, the Lord is speaking. He's speaking to your heart about exactly where you're at, even though we're from all different backgrounds and we've got all different things going on in our lives. The Lord is speaking to you tonight. In the Spirit, He speaks, and He speaks through God's Word. The writer in Hebrews gives us a little insight in Hebrews 3.7. In the New Testament, the Hebrew writer actually talks about this particular verse. And in the verse, it says, Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says today, if you will hear His voice. As the Holy Spirit And so he gives a little insight that what's going on here in Psalm 95, when it says here, today, if you will hear his voice, it's speaking of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is speaking to you and to me tonight. And when we have our devos, and when we're worshiping God in song, are we hearing what the Lord has to say to us? We need to hear what he has to say. What is he impressing on your heart right now? What is he doing in your heart tonight? In order to obey the voice of God, we first need to hear it. Recently, I had an issue with a, an employee at work. And unfortunately, I got to tell you that there was a lot of uh, spiritual warfare going on like a week and a half to two weeks before tonight's message. And I, I really found myself um, just a heaviness. Uh, I just, I felt drained of energy Um, and it kind of put me in a place where I was easily provoked and I don't like that because I know that in my flesh I am easily provoked when I'm not walking in the spirit that's just one area that stinks in my life and I have to pray against it I have to ask the Lord to help me with that and sure enough this particular employee kind of popped off and I wasn't having any of it and I popped off back at that employee. And I walked away, you know, in the flash, feeling justified. Oh, I, I took care of business, and I showed them what's up, and, you know, I'm a 33-year employee, and, you know, I was going through all that stuff in my head, you know, just trying to justify my actions. And then the Lord spoke to me. And he said, you need to go apologize. Man, did I not want to hear that from the Lord. You've got to apologize. And I sat on that for like two days, and I didn't, wouldn't even look at that employee. They walked by me, I turned the other way, you know. And then finally, it just took some time with that pressure, the Lord said, go apologize. And I I finally asked that employee, hey, can I talk to you for a second? Long story short, um, there was something going on in that person's life, as well as mine. And there was a mutual, understanding, and God ironed it all out, and we are golden. And I walked away with just such a a heaviness off my shoulders, thinking, wow, Lord, you are so good, and I I just, I want to be able to hear your voice more, not just to fix things as well, but I want to hear you in everything that goes on, and when you're speaking to me, I want to be able to respond. We need to hear what the Spirit has to say, and we need to, in obedience, respond to that. So, with worship, there needs to be obedience. And, second and the last thing is, we must not harden our hearts. David Guzik wrote, The appeal to do not harden, the appeal, do not harden your hearts, means there is some aspect of the will involved when it comes to the hardness or softness of a heart. Many regard a hard or soft heart as something that just happens. To someone and is beyond his ability to control but here the Holy Spirit indicates differently we have a choice we can listen to what the Spirit says and not harden our hearts so how do we harden our hearts Hebrews chapter 3 tells us as it gives us some insight to Psalm 95 it's through the deceitfulness of sin the deceitfulness of sin We allow things into our lives that harden our hearts. What sin is going on in your life right now that has made you possibly dull to hearing the Spirit of God? What sin are you allowing in your life that is causing a dullness to be able to worship with joy, to be able to worship with thanksgiving and gratitude? What is it? Because God wants to deal with that. He wants to deal with that in your life and in my life. And so as we close tonight, I, I, I want to give us an opportunity to do that. It starts off great, Psalm 95, shouting joy. We're fired up. We love you, God. You're amazing. But then it ends with that sobering thought, man, I, I got to make sure that I am worshiping Him in obedience listening to the Spirit, coming into His presence with thanksgiving, worshiping Him in the beauty of holiness. Are we doing that? And is there something tonight that God wants to deal with tonight in your life and in my life? Something that's just been dragging you down, keeping you from going in that full distance with the Lord like He wants? Well, tonight, we need to do that. We need to deal with that. Before the the team comes up to sing, um, I wanted to add one last uh, song and share with you tonight. Before we do that song, I just want to pray and give that opportunity for you guys. So just quickly, let's just bow our heads to the Lord and let's just pray and just give him a moment, give him an opportunity in the quietness of your heart, whatever that sin is, whatever that thing is, that deceitfulness of sin that has caused you to believe that it's okay to be a part of, confess it to the Lord. In your heart, in your mind, He knows. Let's do it. The Bible says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And as we come with hearts that are pure, and asking the Lord to wash us and to cleanse us, we now can enter into this time of worship with rejoicing, with a heart of gladness and gratitude. So, Father, we just pray that you would forgive us of our sins, that you would wash and cleanse us now, that you would get our focus and our attention back on you so that as we worship you, it is with sincerity, it is with carefulness of of heart Because of who you are, we want to be able to enter your gates with thanksgiving and praise. We want to be able to approach you, the grace that is offered, with clean hands. So that as we worship you, it is with joy and rejoicing. Thank you, God, that you hear our prayers. Thank you that you forgive us of our sins. Because your word tells us that if we confess our sins, that you are faithful and just and to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And there can be a joy now because now it's it's all given to you. Jesus, that's why you died. You died for lost people, for sinners. And, and we confess that we've allowed things in our lives that we shouldn't have. So fill us with your spirit now and, and help us to... To rejoice in this last song help us to really think about the words and 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 just know that god you are all that you say you are help us to see that revelation of who you are in jesus name amen we pray that you've been encouraged by this bible study delivered live from the sanctuary of calvary aurora